God bless you and welcome to Yesterday Ended, Healing the Traumas of Life. I'm your host, Dennis Dobbin. Thank you so much for joining me today. While you are driving a car, it is best to focus on the road before you. Many laws have been made to encourage such focus. While using a sharp knife, it is best to focus on where the blade is in relationship to your fingers. Kevlar gloves are now available to help protect your fingers. While listening to a loved one, it is best to focus on them and not someone else in the room. Marriage counselors are helpful to teach spouses how to be attentive. Where is your focus in life? Are there things that are competing for your focus? How much effort do you exert trying to change your life? How much effort do you put into focusing on the spiritual? How much time do you spend focusing your thoughts on God? How much time do you spend focusing on your problems? If your godly focus has become blurry, today's episode will be a help to gain and maintain your focus on God and His truth. Give a listen. I've mentioned it a couple times in previous episodes that I will soon be getting cataract surgery. My left eye is the first to be worked on. My vision has become blurry. The lens in my eye has become cloudy and has decreased its ability to focus. The ability to read signs at a distance has decreased. In our lives, there are signs, both physical and mental and spiritual, that we must learn to focus upon. As in my introduction, the issue of losing focus while driving or using sharp tools or listening to a loved one can have terrible consequences. But what about losing our focus upon God and His truth? How are we doing at being focused on the majesty of God instead of the challenges of the world? How are we doing at recognizing the battle is not ours, but the Lord's? How are we doing at recognizing we're not fighting against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places, where is our focus? Though my eyes are open wide, there are things trying to hide that the world to me has always lied, but what I shall focus on, I must decide. Pulled away from seeing what is right, surrounded by that which causes fright, caught up in the flesh in a worldly fight, turned away from focusing on the line. Upon what will I turn my gaze? What can I do to see through the haze? What will make my heart ablaze? Only focusing on truth all my days. I heard a statement many, many years ago where the focus goes, the power flows. This truth can be seen in Galatians chapter 5, verses 16 through 18. This I say then, walk in the Spirit, and ye shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. For the flesh lusteth against the Spirit, and the Spirit against the flesh. And these are contrary the one to the other, so that ye cannot do the things that ye would. But if ye be led of the Spirit, ye are not under the law. If our focus is on walking in the Spirit, we will have the power to starve the flesh. 
We can either be led of the Spirit of God, or we can be pushed or driven by the flesh. Herein is the battle of our heart. Will we walk in the Spirit or in the flesh? The desires of the flesh can pull us away from walking with God. Temptation has the power to lure us away from the Spirit of God. When temptation arises, our focus gets blurry. Temptation in and of itself is not sin. It's when we give in to the temptation that we fall. And there are consequences when our mind is not focused on the Spirit of God. We see that in Romans chapter 8, verse 6. For to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. At the moment we are engaged in carnal thinking, deceitful lust, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and mind, it may not feel like we're dying, but we are not receiving the life of God. We can, in effect, slowly kill ourselves, which is one good reason to be repentant and quickly turn back to God if we have strayed. Here is the first place we must not lose focus on the truth. God is forgiving. He is gracious and merciful, running back to God and asking him to dust us off and cleanse us by the blood of Jesus is the smart thing to do. We cannot allow a fall in our walk to stop us from even trying to walk. We need to stop focusing on what we are doing, right or wrong, and focus on what God has done for us through Christ. This is not an excuse to sin, but the reality of his love for us that we can turn back to him at any moment. So what do we do when we are in a challenging situation? Will we focus on the promises of truth or focus on the problem? Consider the situation depicted in Psalms 119, verse 83. For I am become like a bottle in the smoke. Yet do I not forget thy statutes. In biblical times, they made bottles out of animal skins. They were hung from the ceiling above a fire to be dried out. The heat and smoke would surround them. If left too long, they would dry up and crack and be useless. The psalmist laments that he is hung out to dry. He has been left in the smoke and is withering, but he will not forget the statutes of God. He will not allow the situation to stop him from thinking the truth of God's word. Take a sponge and put it in water and then squeeze it. What comes out? Water. Take a child of God and put them in the word and squeeze them. And what comes out? What comes out of you when you are squeezed? What are you full of? Here's another example about being in a bad place and the focus that person keeps. Psalms 119, verse 141. I am small and despised, yet do I not forget thy precepts. Will we allow others to determine our mindset? Others may not like us, but we must keep our focus upon the truth. We cannot forget the truth of what we have been made in Christ. The world will always hate us, but we must stay focused on who we truly are, God's beloved children in whom he is well pleased. The other challenge when people speak evil of us or dislike us is that we focus on them 
instead of on God and his truth. The battle belongs to God, not us. We need to remember it's a spiritual battle. Let's look at Ephesians chapter 6, verse 12. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Our enemy is doing everything he can to divide us and separate us from one another. Our response must be to walk in the Spirit and pray in the Spirit for one another. When challenges arise between us, we must stay focused on the love of God. We are instructed in Ephesians chapter 4, verse 32, to be kind, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, even as God, for Christ's sake, hath forgiven you. The good news is, we are not alone. We are filled with God and his Son through the Holy Spirit. We can cry out to God for help. Consider this prayer of supplication in Psalms 119, verse 37. Turn away mine eyes from beholding vanity, and quicken thou me in thy way. Vanity literally means that which is empty or false or useless. So here is my simple prayer for us. God, please help us all to keep our eyes focused on you in the name of Jesus. Most every little child, when they are confronted with a problem, will go to their father or mother and ask them for help. Help me tie my shoe. Help me walk up the steps. Help me cross the street. Help me ride my bike. Father, help me keep my eyes on you. And while you are at it, make me alive or stimulate me towards your way. These can be our prayers to our Father. But first, there must be a decision on our part. We find this in Psalms 101, verse 3. I will set no wicked thing before mine eyes. I hate the work of them that turn aside. It shall not cleave to me. Perhaps you don't have a challenge with things that are wicked, but the real battle is not between good and evil. The true battle is the challenge between what is good and what is best. This takes a focused mind to see beyond the facade that the world places on its deceptions. There are some denominations that are extremely strict in what they allow in their lives. And though I may think some of their ideas are extreme, I cannot fault them for wanting to have a very close and undistracted walk with God. They endeavor to eliminate as many possibilities of temptation and wickedness and vanity from their lives. They endeavor to fully focus on God with little deviation. When you stop and think about how much we focus on the news and media of all sorts, I ask, what good is it? We are being informed and we are being entertained, but to what end? Do the benefits outweigh the detriment? Where is our focus? Let's look at Psalms 34, verse 5. They looked unto him and were lightened, and their faces were not ashamed. One version of the Bible translates lightened as radiant. They looked unto him and were radiant. Looking unto God will make us glow. For us to live a bright and fruitful life, we must look unto the true God. He will definitely brighten up our day. His word is full of promises of life. His word is full of provision. 
His word is full of righteousness, joy, and peace. Our focus must be on the truth and on our Heavenly Father who gave it to us through Christ. Look at Psalms 123, verse 2. Behold, as the eyes of servants look unto the hand of their masters, and as the eyes of a maiden upon the hand of her mistress, so our eyes wait upon the Lord our God until that he have mercy upon us. In the Jewish culture, as a master was having dinner, the servants would stand and look steadfastly upon the master or his wife, particularly looking at their hands. The master or his wife would give signals signs with their hands for a servant to accomplish a certain task. This required very focused attention upon the master. The more time we spend focus on God, the more signs, miracles, and wonders we will see come to pass in our lives. As we stay focused, we will see and hear God directing us to divine appointments where God and heaven will invade earth and bring blessing and deliverance. Where we look and to whom we look will determine the outcome. Consider what it says in Hebrews chapter 12, verse 2. Looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. The word looking in this verse is a unique Greek word. First of all, this is the only place that it is used in the Bible. It means to look away from all else and only unto one thing or person, and here it is Jesus. It's like using a telescope. Our focus is singular. We focus on Jesus, who is the way, the truth, and the life. And there is a benefit for focusing in on Jesus. We see that in verse 3. For consider him that endured such contradiction of sinners against himself, lest ye be weary and faint in your minds. The word consider here is another unique Greek word. It, too, is only used one time in the Bible, and it means to think over. It is also written in the imperative, making it a command, not a suggestion or option. The more we consider and think about what Jesus did for us, the more we will fall in love with him and walk in his steps. Looking on him will give us strength so that we will not be weary and faint in our minds. Take time today to make an inventory of what you have focused on recently. Ask God to show you how to focus more on him and his son and receive the life and blessing they have waited to give you. Though my eyes are open wide, there are things trying to hide that the world to me has always lied, but what I shall focus on, I must decide. Pulled away from seeing what is right, surrounded by that which causes fright, caught up in the flesh in a worldly fight, turned away from focusing on the light. Upon what will I turn my gaze? What can I do to see through the haze? What will make my heart ablaze? Only focusing on truth all my days. Will you look for the promises of God to come to pass in your life, or will you look at your past, 
Will you look for God's provision for your life, or will you focus on your problems? The choice is yours.